good morning, good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you're watching this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. Yes, it's me again, Alex Williams-Smith by birth, but known uh, by many of you more under my name, the British bad boy of hypnosis, Jonathan Royal. And it's great to be back again with another guest on Hypnosis Week, a guest who describes himself as one-fifth, and if you're not good at fractions, that's 20%. Uh, Rockstar, one-fifth wrestler, one-fifth supervillain, one-fifth punk, and one-fifth devil, but altogether 100% badass. We'll see what uh, why, why he says that in a few moments' time. Uh, gentlemen who you may have come across under the name Luke McNamara, or you may have come across Luke Gnosis, uh, his website and uh, branding. So please welcome to the show, we've already given you a clue, Luke McNamara. How are you doing? Good to see you, JR. Good to uh, finally meet somebody more controversial than myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, maybe equal, but just in different areas. Um, Look, there was a time when you weren't the hypnopunk. There was a time when you were a hypnotist. What's your journey been to get to where you are now? Uh, My journey was... um, I, this is pretty much the only proper job I've ever had. Um, okay. I got into hypnosis when I was about 17 because um, I, I had every problem you could imagine. I was suicidal. I was agoraphobic. Um, I was bullied at school. Uh, basically, I had every problem you could imagine, except I wasn't sexually abused and I wasn't addicted to drugs. Other than that, I could pretty much tick the box on everything. And when I tried to kill myself for the second time and it didn't work, I figured, fuck, the universe is trying to tell me something here. I better start living. And I had years of going through child therapy and all kinds of therapy to fix me. Um, and nothing worked until one day, um, you know this, on uh, ITV, a British free TV channel. We used to have this uh, hypnosis show called The Hypnotic World of Paul McKenna right, every Monday that, yeah. at 8pm. And it was a, a traditional hypnosis show, but for TV, a dog and pony show. But because I was a kid, I was impressionable. And this guy was on my TV every Monday night at prime time. And he's hypnotizing people to do weird and wonderful things. I figured this shit must be real because it's on TV. And only real stuff is on TV, right? So mm-hmm. I had a couple of years of that programming. And one day I'm going through the News of the World newspaper, um, which was one of our, you know, our biggest selling newspapers, our biggest selling newspaper in England. I know you know a lot about those guys. And um, and I had an ad for a supreme self-confidence audio cassette. This was in the mid 90s. It wasn't even in a CD or a, or a MP3. It was an audio cassette. So uh, I uh, borrowed 11 pounds, 22 bucks from my big sister. And we sent off in the mouth for this audio cassette. And I waited eagerly for about three or four weeks for it to arrive. And it arrived. I'm like, shit, this is going to change my life. So I listened to it religiously every single day for a month. 22 minutes side A, the pre-talk. 22 minutes side B, the hypnosis. And that fucking generic audio cassette, one size fits all, changed my life. And then... Once I once I did that, I'm like, this this shit actually works. So I then spent the next four, uh, 24 years traveling the world, spending way too much money, getting way too many certifications to to do my best to become great at this. And here I am. That's the short version of the story. Excellent. Um, I, I love the fact that I've encountered somebody who's prepared to admit 
and not just admitted, but it happened to you personally, so it's even more powerful, that generic self-help recordings, if listened to in the right state of mind with enough belief, can and do change lives for some people. You know, you say it did for you, but they often get poo-pooed by a lot of people out there. And look, Luke's a, a living example. We've heard what he said. Um, so excellent. I notice. I'll, I'll just through observation for, and people who, who perhaps aren't on your friends list on Facebook or haven't yet encountered you before, so I haven't yet looked on YouTube or on Google, which obviously I encourage you all to do. LukeNorsis.com, Luke McNamara, also Luke, uh, Luke Michael Howard. You'll find stuff as well. It's weird, um, I'll tell you about that. I got two birth certificates. When I was born, my mum was Howard, my dad was McNamara, and somehow I managed to get two birth certificates. So for most of my life, I was Luke Michael Howard. I got that birth certificate, but my dad's McNamara, so I've got that as well. So this I is, go either way. This is weird because I have got two birth certificates, which I found out by accident when I lost one and I went to get one at the um, registrar's place. And I said, yeah, it's... Alex William Smith by birth, that's how I was registered. My mum's maiden name, Margaret Nation, my dad's name, Keith. And they came back and they went, we've got an Alex William Nation with um, Margaret um, Nation, um, mother and Keith Smith. So I ordered it and then I left it a few weeks and went back. And I don't know how, but I was registered in their books twice. Same thing. Odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just getting a bit X Files of this, a bit odd. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, oh, fuck. So I mean, this is quite a, a theme that it's amazing how many people's uh, journey stories, it were, involves at some point hypnotherapy or, or a derivative, but essentially hypnosis mind program, being a, a solution to something in their own life. Um, and that leading to, you said, I mean, you got, I don't know where to go with this because there's so many areas. I'm going to ask you, why, why do you describe yourself as 20% rock star, 20% supervillain, 20% wrestler, 20% punk and 20% devil? All right, let's uh, let's take care of the rock star. Look at me, I'm a fucking rock star. Number one, number okay. two, I, I I grew up. The most consistent thing in my life is wrestling. I am too small uh, to be a wrestler, and I have no athletic ability. But okay. I'd be a good promo man. So I love wrestling. I've always loved wrestling. Um, what was the other one? One fifth, uh, the devil. What does Richard Bandler say? I'm not the devil. Those work for me from time to time. I like that, so I adopted that as well. Uh, I, I accepted all my darkness and used it as a way to uh, kind of understand other people, shine a light on it. Um, punk, um, hypno-punk, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I, I was this thing called straight edge. I know in England we don't really talk about straight edge, but straight edge is what in England we'd call teetotaling. So I grew up with a dad who uh, was basically an alcoholic, if we're being honest about it. And he wasn't abusive or anything like that. But he would just drink way too much. Um, and I would see him go through heart attacks after heart attack, stroke after stroke, um, and still decide to, to drink too much and, and to smoke too much. And for a long time, I desperately wanted to change him because I wanted my dad to, to be alive as I got older. And, and he, is, he is still with us now. Um, 
but I realized, you know, you can't change people that, that don't want to change. So I made the decision that I, I, I just didn't want to do any kind of drug. I, I, I don't care if other people drink. My, my girlfriends in the past have drunk. My friends drink. I just chose, chose not to drink or to do drugs. And I remember when I, when I was um, in um, a mental health facility when I was a teenager, after I tried to kill myself the second time, they would give me antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, I knew that if I was going to get well and if I was going to heal myself, I didn't want it to be some magical fucking pill that I got addic- addicted to. I, I, I know it, I needed it to be me that fixed me, that took the responsibility of saving me. So um, I used to do a little bit of magic, I know, and I'm getting back into it. And I, I know that you do as well. So, so when I was 16, 17, these nurses, psychiatrists would come in and they'd give me the antidepressants. And I just made the decision I didn't want to do this, but I had to because they would check under the tongue and everything. So I learned to palm them and hide them in areas of my mouth. And then I would sell them to other patients later on. So I got a little a little side gig while I was in this hospital, Charter Nightingale Hospital in London. It's, it's actually a really cool place to stay. Free TV, free gym there. Um, yeah, but I decided the punk came from straight edge and the straight edge movement in America was uh, kids that wanted to enjoy punk music, um, but were too young to be served alcohol. So someone Uh, under legal age would go to a punk rock concert, they'd be allowed in, but if the establishment sold them alcohol or liquor, they'd be shut down. So they would draw an X on the back of their um, hand with a permanent marker, which signified to everyone in the club, they're underage, don't fucking sell them any alcohol. And yeah. then they become a whole musical movement based on punk rock and straight edge. That's that's where the punk part of, of, of my name comes. And when you add all of those dynamic elements together, you get 100% fucking badass. Yes, 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 I'm humble. <laughs> Excellent. So, look, I've noticed you bought out, um, well, when I say bought how, I just I see them pop up. Now, obviously, as people who visit LukeNorsis.com will see, you do do therapy. You see clients for therapy. Yeah, yeah and it seems that you mainly, money. It seems that you mainly deal with, well, certainly the site mainly plugs weight loss or weight management, smoking cessation, anxiety and pain seems to be the main things. Yeah. Now, I can see a logic because those kind of quite often interrelate. I can interrelate. Is there a reason why you kind of mainly promote those four things on your website? Oh, well, I realised they were the biggest reasons that, that people would search for hypnotists, certainly in Canada and probably, you know, it's in England. You know, for, for a long time, it was just smoking. You know, we, we had the, we have the most successful rate in, in helping people quit smoking. And then that would lead into, secondly, uh, people who wanted to lose weight or weight release, as we call it now. Uh, and then some kind of physical pain and then anxiety, probably anxiety, every kind of form of anxiety from acute anxiety to generalized anxiety to PTSD to CPTSD uh, is probably the number one reason people come to me now. And probably number two is addiction. And for addiction, I put multiple things there. It could be food. It could be crack. It could be heroin. It could be cigarettes. It could be addicted to a toxic relationship. But I put those all under the umbrella of or, or t- uh, toxic patterns and addictive mental patterns that I've got. They've got. So that would probably come under the second reason. So I just looked at why people come in to see me and just focus more of my time, energy uh, and marketing in those areas. Mm-hmm. Which, which is a valuable lesson for anyone. There will be different things in some areas of the world will have more demand for as well. But yeah, that makes sense. Um, now, 
clearly the, the website's focused on therapy, selling therapy to, to end users, clients, patients, general public, call it what you will. However, unlike a lot of, I'm going to say it, yeah, sorry if I upset some people watching, straight-laced, uh, winky-wanky, arty-farty, tree-hugging, new-age therapy types, um, you clearly are not shy from being a bit more in people's faces. Could I see videos appear where you are, for want of a better phrase, doing not necessarily on the street, but it's what people dub street hypnosis. Uh, it's happening at, I'm sure I've seen it, psychic fairs, health fairs, out and about. Uh, and you will have stands there. I've seen you, you know, clearly advertising your wares, but using rapid inductions and stuff. A lot of hypnotherapists shy away from doing stuff like that. I think it's frankly because they're too scared or they've not been taught how to do it properly or they don't appreciate the value of the marketing side of it. But um, why did you, well, you've clearly embraced it. Why? Um a couple of reasons i'm an actual performer number one and, and as richard bandler says you're co-creative nlp if you're in therapy you're in entertainment so be fucking entertaining and the more entertaining and more you can capture someone's imagination like somebody comes to you and they think it's the end of the world if you can capture and lead their imagination and entertain them and then backdoor all those change methods into the back they can have fun while they're working with you and i realize that most people when it comes to hypnotists they only know what they've seen on TV, Paul McKenna or whoever the flavor of the month is at the moment. So then they would come to most hypnotherapists who will read a script and they'll just uh, just bore them, bore, bore them hypnosis, right? read a script to them. And then their eyes will open at the end and they'll be like, oh, I didn't feel I was hypnotized. And I, I just got sick and tired of that. I wanted people to have a real feeling of being hypnotized, whatever the fuck that is. So when they left my office, they're like, he glued my eyes stuck. No, I didn't glue anything stuck. You stuck your own eyes together. He stuck my hand to the table. Well, no, I didn't do that. You did that out of your mind. And if I stuck my hand to the table, if I glued my own eyes, if I forgot my own, my name, then maybe I could forget my problem. Maybe I could stick that New Year's resolution in place. Maybe I could close my eyes to all that pain that I used to see. And I used them as a metaphor, um, a physical metaphor. that If you can do this with the power of your mind, then these problems that you came in and about are going to be easy and effortless to get rid of. Mm. Excellent. Uh, I love that um, example. And if you play that back, when at the end of this interview, if you get a pad and pen and play it back and take notes, because there's actually a very, very, that is a very good technique that Luke's just given an example of the, you know, get them to lock their eyelids together and tell them that, metaphorically that means they can close their eyes to or seal off move away from that that once bothered them in the past and as we know rightly or wrongly i don't know whether luke will agree with me but when it comes to things like locking somebody's eyes together sticking their hand to a table off in fact anything i frankly do not believe for one minute hypnosis is what most people say it is my example of that and then let's get your opinion on this, Luke, is that it's what I call the Dave Alman technique. And I think a lot of therapists have missed this in his book. It's in his book. And I think it's the most valuable thing in his book. But most people have misinterpreted it. And that's the when he's talking about almond eye closure. Imagine turning off all the little muscles around your eyelids. Imagine them glued together or whatever other cobblers you want to come out with. Because frankly, that doesn't particularly matter. 
He's right at the end. He says, on the you know, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to prove to yourself that you have done this properly. One, two, three. Just prove to yourself. You've locked your eyes together. Just try to open them. And yeah, there is that law of reversed effort thing. But ultimately, the real key and the real nugget is that phrase. Just prove to yourself that you've done this properly. And I find it doesn't matter if you tell them the hand's stuck to the table, prove to yourself it's there. Your eyes are locked, prove to yourself you've done it right, which is putting all the onus on them, but they end up giving you the power anyway because they think you've done it. The, that's as complicated as it gets. You don't need formal inductions. Well, well to quote you, this is what I got from you many years ago and I used to buy all your products like 20 years ago, was, um, oh, this is bullshit. To quote uh, Anthony Jackwin, this is just words. To mm. quote Melissa Tears, this this stuff's made up. Yeah. Doesn't mean we can't use these skills to help shift up our, our, our clients because all their problems are made up. I'm not suggesting they're not experiencing symptoms of anxiety, depression, being overweight or drugs. I'm not saying that for a moment, but it's all in their head. And once, once, once we can uh, use the same um, the same theory to kind of get them out of their head and into their body, it's all just bullshit at the end of the day. So we're just using bullshit to deal with bullshit. And it works most of the time. Yeah. And when I say that to my clients, like, this is all bullshit. I'm like, yeah, hypnosis is total bullshit. And so is your problem. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, I'm like, you're, you're probably like, you're, you're, you're scared of airplanes, right? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're in my office, which is on the ground floor, and it has no fucking wings, but you can close your eyes right now in no state of hypnosis and think about your upcoming trip in a week, and you can get a 10 out of 10 on the suds scale of fear. You're not on a fucking airplane. <laughs> you're not there. But you can still do it in their mind. I know that they can. Yeah. So you're just doing it in your head, and you've just conned yourself unconsciously long enough thinking it's real, and it isn't. So we're going to use something as equally ridiculous to get you out of that trance and to put you in a better trance so you've got more flexibility in your life. I used to have this big ego where it was all about me. And it was, I'm, I've got a magical skill and I'm doing this to you. I'm the, the hypnotist, right? And sometimes, depending on what they want me to be, if they want me to be the Wizard of Oz, I'll be the fucking Wizard of Oz. But then when it gets to the last five minutes of our last session, which is only one to three sessions with me, generally maximum, I give him back all the power. Just like in the end of The Wizard of Oz, where the wizard says, you know, Dorothy, you know, you could have gone home at any time. You didn't need me to send you home. You just needed to get your heels of your beautiful ruby slippers and tap the heels of them and say, there's no place like home. You had the power all along. It wasn't about me. So at the end, I'll give them that back. So when they leave, they're empowered. And ideally, I never see them again because they're done. Um, and maybe I'll just get an email now and again telling me how great their life's going because I don't want to be a hired friend. Now, you've just bought in by virtue of something you just said. You just made me think of a question because earlier on you mentioned about spending probably way too much money on doing different yeah. courses. To become the best. Yeah, yeah. And I think too many people do fall into that. Um, I'm going to call it the Wizard of Oz mentality, searching for some holy grail um what would you say the so-called holy grail is or rather isn't or maybe it is maybe you found it maybe you just realized that it is wizard of ozified um 
the holy grail was in is in a technique or or, or a belief or you know what i think it i think people too many therapists think if they find the magic bullet technique that then they're going to get all the clients knocking the door down because they're not making enough money well this industry is like most industry industries right it's built on that let me tell you a quick story when i was a punk kid and 17 and pretty much homeless i had no money no job but i somehow convinced the bank to give me £10,000, $20,000, so I could become a, tra- a, a, tra- a practitioner of NLP, hypnosis, timeline therapy, a master trainer of NLP, timeline therapy, and hypnosis, and a trainer of NLP, timeline therapy, and instructive hypnosis. And I'm, I'm a kid, right? And I'm, I'm in this room, and I'm the youngest person there. Everyone else is 40, 45. They're wearing suits. They're established. And I'm just some punk kid that read a Tony Robbins book one day, listened to a, a Paul McKenna CD and wanted to change the fucking world. And um, and I got sucked into it because I was a kid, right? Getting to the end of practitioner. Oh, we're going to teach you all the good shit in master practitioner. Another 3,000. Oh, God, I've got to do this because I'm in that state of blood. I've got, I'm not enough now. Mm-hmm. I'll be, I'll be a hundred percent when I do practitioner. You get to the end of master practitioner. Oh, you got to do trainers training now. You know, you're, 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 you're this, and at some point, I, I, okay, I spent so much money I didn't have, got like way in debt. Then I'm like, I am not doing another fucking course until I, one, start using the shit that I've learned to make the world a better place. And two, make some fucking money. So I made a pact with myself. No more courses um, and no more, yeah, no more courses until I'm making money and I'm helping people. So I went about 10, 15 years. And I just stopped. And it wasn't until I was making sufficient money and helping uh, a decent amount of people that I started doing courses again. There is no magic fucking bullet. There is no uh, magical gun. This course that cures pain in uh, one minute or this tapping process that takes away all your problems. It doesn't fucking exist. Doesn't exist. And I've spent way too much money or way too much time. It doesn't exist. Should you want to be better? Yeah. Should you want to be faster at doing this? More efficient? Totally. There's no magic fucking bullet. The client will come in. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my client until they come in there in front of me and I'll see what they're responding to. Not what I thought I should do, but I'll see what they're responding to and I'll, and I'll go in that direction because I've just done a lot of shit and I've got a lot of techniques in the background. And sometimes I'm just going to make shit up and I'll tell my clients, hey, I just made that shit up. They're like, I know. I'm like, and it still worked, didn't it? They're like, yeah, I don't want to smoke anymore. I'm like, weird. Because you know what? Here's the technique. You know what the technique is? The technique is um, is having the belief that you're good at this and being able to have that charisma to put it across. And you can almost say or come up with any technique. But if you're intense, strong enough, your energy, if fucking energy exists, it's a weird woo-woo thing. I don't believe in it yet. It seems to work most of the time. Energy, it's, it's a weird thing. Don't believe in it, but it just seems that energy works everywhere all of the time. But when I come in with, um, I, I'm, I know I'm going to make this work. I'm going to throw everything at them. Um, I just have this total belief that I'm going to bring my bat and all they've got to do is bring their bat and we're going to have a, a nice game of transformation when they come in. But the magic bullet is um, confidence and bringing a form of charisma in there because no one wants to be fucking bored. Mm. If they yeah. want to be bored, they go see a counsellor and talk about their problems for uh, 10 years. I, 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 I agree with you. Uh, 
Well, entirely. Years ago, Delavar, one of my tutors, and I'm going back over 30 years now. God, I feel old. Um, he said to me, the only difference between stage hypnosis and hypnotherapy is that with hypnotherapy, you may just have an audience of one person. He said, like you said before, you're still butting on, or at least you should be, butting on a show being the part that they perceive you to be now yeah would you say that you looking that bit different uh, your attitude being that little bit different is an advantage i can see how it would i can see some people would perceive that maybe it might be a disadvantage but i could see how it could be an advantage in terms of pattern interrupt disorientating confusing people i am i i am i am a walking talking fucking pattern interrupt i am the most shiniest object in any room there's a reason for that. So if I get a little kid that comes in, I know I know you have a little one. You know, if you say to a kid, close your eyes, guess what? They don't close their eyes. You say, stop talking, guess what? They don't stop talking. You say, sit down, they run around the room. Because they're kids, being kids. Sometimes I get kids. So I have to be the most entertaining. I need to be the most colourful thing to captivate their young mind. So all the focus is on me. So I can tell them beautifully woven metaphors to shift. Um, and everyone else... Um, will get filtered out by me. I, 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 people, before we had YouTube and people got to see me on video, it used to be even more powerful. I would get the, if people never saw me, I'd get the old shit moment that I'd call it. They wouldn't see me. There's no videos. They'd come to my office. I'd open the door and see me and they would go into hypnosis immediately because they're like, oh shit, he don't look anything like the psychiatrist I've been to, the counsellor, the doctor, and none of that shit worked, so maybe I've got a chance with this motherfucker. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And if people are offended by the way that I talk or the way that I look, guess what? They ain't going to come and see me. I'm hard filtering out these snowflakes early because I want to work with people that are tough and they want they want to put their toughness into changing their life. They're not wishy-washy on the fence. I'm going to fucking force them to make a decision. You're either going to change or we're not going to fucking work together. So what do you want to do? Excellent. Which automatically in turn is kind of making sure you've got higher success rate. Yeah. You're filtering out the shit clients is basically what you're saying. Totally. Excellent. And then I would find out however, however much other hypnotists would charge. And I would charge far more than any other hypnotist that I know, um, you know, other than, I guess, heavy hitters like yourself. But, yeah, no, I, I charge more and more. And, and right. I had a lady yesterday and I, I charge a lot of a premium for my stop smoking. And we got to the end of the call and she decided to sign up uh, to become a non-smoker. And she finds out how much the investment is. She goes, look, I don't want you to be upset with me, but I need to ask you something. I'm like, totally. What do you want to ask? She's like, is that is that a normal price? I'm like, what do you mean is it a normal price? Do, do other hypnotists charge that? I'm like, I have no fucking idea what other hypnotists charge. That's how much I charge to help people change. She's like, oh, sure. I just wondered. Yeah, that was the objection. It's true. I mean, secretly, I knew other hypnotists charge way, yeah. way too little. We've got someone around the corner who charges $50, 100 bucks an hour. And I'm thinking, if I'm going to let someone come into my head, essentially a mind surgeon, if you will, yeah. do I want the cheapest mind surgeon to be in my head fucking things up? Or do I want someone that's got a track record 
um, of reviews, of videos, of testimonials in video form um, and, and, and proof that this shit works, you know? Mm. And most people don't, right? Most, most hypnotists that I know, they say they're great, but there's, they don't have 75 testimonial videos from 75 different people. They don't have tons of reviews on Google. Good positive reviews and negative reviews. Here's a secret, folks. If you go on Google and it's only positive reviews, it's probably fucking bullshit because not everybody likes everybody. This mm. is just life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely couldn't agree more. The, the, yeah, to, to, uh, there's one or two people, just one or two I've seen, who actually do genuinely allow negative reviews to show up as well. Uh, I have done on occasion purely because, like you said, nobody ever gets 100% positive feedback. Um, yeah, it's impossible. And yet, some people teaching courses will tell you differently. Um, well, it's like it's the, well, the same people that teach you that this technique works for 100% of the people yeah. all of the time. And when I started to learn and get really good at this shit, is, is when I was sold that crock of shit that this technique works for everyone all the time and it didn't and they paid me a bunch of money and I, and I desperately wanted to help these people and they're sitting in front of me and the fucking script didn't work and I'm in that room and I've got another 30 minutes and I'm like, ah, that's when I learned to be good because I learned to improvise, use what the person was giving to me and make up my own shit. Mm. Excellent. Massive lessons there for people watching. So what would you say is, can I pretty damn certain, do I remember correctly you got yourself, um, please tell me it's you, got media coverage for um, hypnotic anesthesia so that people could have tattoos done without feeling... The pen. No, that, that wasn't me. But if it was part, if it was good, a good story, yes, it was me. Yeah, it was a story. Good story. I don't know else. why, but in my brain, I've linked it with it being you. Oh yeah. No, I, I, if it's good, I'd like to take credit for it, but <laughs> and I think it was me. But I, I, I have got videos of me hypnotizing people um, that did have tattoos. Um, but none of them went viral or anything hey, like that. Maybe that's where I'm blocking it and messing it around in my head because Maybe I have yeah. looked at your YouTube channel and seen videos and yeah, yeah. stuff, you know. Um, that might be a niche for you to have a look into randomly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what would you say your biggest, well, not your biggest earner, because, you know, that's private to you anyway, but your biggest, forget the money side of it, your biggest passion. Which type of clients do you enjoy treating most i um i i i don't care what the problem is um I, I like the people that come in and they're like listen i don't i don't know about this hypnosis i don't know if it's going to work for me but i've hit threshold they don't say threshold because most people don't, don't know the term threshold they're like nothing like I, I need to fucking change my life I, I, I'm done with living this shitty life, this shitty behavior, putting this shitty substance into my body, doing these shitty things in my brain. And I need to fucking change my life and I need to do it now by hook or by crook. It's like the gun to the head moment is what I call it. And they're taking responsibility. They're like, you know, I know I've got to change it. And I always tell people, I'm your teacher. I'm not your fucking therapist. I'm going to teach you, still this one for Melissa Tears, I'm going to teach you to use your mind better. I'm not your therapist. 
um, so yeah, so when people come and, and they're ready, they're ready to make that breakthrough, even though they may be a bit scared, a bit apprehensive, but but they're there and they're ready to play full out, ready to change their own life, accept full responsibility, regardless of what the problem is. Those those are my favorite people to work with because they're fucking ready. You know, they're like, let's go through the war and I'll go through the fucking war with them side by side so we can heal what needs to be healed, let go of what needs to be let go of and create a more compelling future. What I don't like, and I'm, I'm really heavily screen these people out, is the people that want to make me their savior to fixing them. Oh, Luke, you're going to hypnotize me to get rid of all of my problems and blah. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't going to hypnotize you to do shit. I'm like, I'm going to teach you how to hypnotize yourself so you're empowered, so you never do this nonsense in your head anymore. How about that? Because I don't want them putting the, the failure on me. But I also don't want him to put the success on me. I want him to leave knowing, um, wow, I, I, you know, I have the ability to do this on my own head. Of course, they're going to still give me kudos of that guy showed me how to do it. But I want them to leave feeling I learned a skill and my life is transformed. That guy helped me to do it. He mentored me, fellowship with me to do it. But, but I, I changed my own life. Okay. Randomly kind of just going off on one here. I'm trying to ask the questions that people at home might have running through the head. So, you know, please don't take offense. Do you think that your appearance uh, attracts to you more... Yeah, buddy bluntly. I suspect, compared to me, okay, no tattoos, because now visually people can see videos, they've got an idea before they book. Do you find, since we've got into the world where the social media is people do know in advance, that you get more people coming to you who have got lots of body art, who are more mirroring or more what you perceptively look like? The irony of it being that you don't drink and you don't take drugs and you never have done from what, you know, but in their heads they may think that, you would understand them better because you look like one of them. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Um, honestly, I, I, I get everyone. I get everyone from the five year old kid that pees the bed that doesn't have any tattoos, all the way to the eighty year old, uh, old older lady who has dementia, who who has gone through a, a world war or two, and everyone in between. So, no, I'd like to say, oh yeah, I've got this market or this market, but but really, it's it's everyone in between. It's 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 a person who lives down the hallway that's been smoking for 50 years, um, who's got now COPD, uh, who's on you know government um, uh, pension stuff like that, all the way to celebrities um, and everything in between. You know there there is no there is no one type of person that I see. They they all come to me, um, but you know I filter out a lot of what I call snowflakes because. I'm going to use colourful language. As I said, I'm a walking, talking pattern interrupt. And if people are going to get offended by the way that I look or the things that I say on the telephone, then they're going to get fucking offended by being in the same room as me. So um, I get a lot of people that are like, Luke, I like you because you're straight talking. You're not giving me any bullshit. I, I, I feel that I often get this. It's a weird thing. People are like, I feel that we've got a connection. I'm like, oh, all right, that's great. I, I don't know why they feel that. But, but but they feel it. It's like, I feel that I can tell you anything. 
like my girlfriend will say to me whenever we do an expo or we go to a networking meeting it's like all these people come up to you and they, they tell you their life stories i'm like yeah it's because they think i'm a hypnotist well i'm a hypnotist and they think that means i'm a therapist she goes no it's not that it's even when they don't know people just open up around you it's almost like you give them freedom that they don't feel they're being judged by you maybe that's the way that i look maybe it's the way that i speak but but people will tell me some weird and wacky things even if they're not paying me about themselves I don't know if, if, if it's the way that I look, uh, how I come across that people are like, you know what? I think this guy's a straight shooter and I don't think he'd judge me. Mm. Maybe. I, don't I, know. I think there's probably elements of everything that are behind that. It's interesting you just mentioned networking meetings. Uh, the majority of hypnotherapists that I see talking online going, oh, I can't get enough business or, you know, I'm not getting enough clients. What should I do? The one thing they seem to shy away from is networking meetings. Now, I spoke with Sheila Granger, the gastric band lady. I like Sheila. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in Sheila's interview, which is on hypnosisweek.com, she, she basically said networking meetings, get to them. And she gave her thoughts and ways of, of dealing with them, which I won't repeat here because things are to watch. How do you approach networking meetings? So I go to these meetings. Here's how I approach life. I look what everyone else is doing and I do the fucking opposite. If everyone is going left, I go right. You know, if everyone's wearing a suit, I will wear a fucking vest or a tank top and I stick out like a sore thumb. And when I was younger, I, I used to have this belief that, oh, this makes me weird or this makes me different. And I'd be like, oh, my God. And as I got older, I fucking embraced it. And the more I embraced my difference, the more successful I became as a man as a hypnotist and in life, I just accepted who I was and I stopped trying to be like anyone else. So I go to these networking meetings that typically are filled with people. They get up early, they're in their nice suits there. They're all being nice to one another, professional, giving the same fucking boring 30 second commercial, not really wanting to listen to you at all, but they want to pitch you their stuff and it would do my head in. So I would go there, look in the way that I do, doing the things and People like, oh, you're a hypnotist. Yeah, I'll hypnotize me. Great, put your feet together, don't move you. And I go straight into it with people. I would go straight into hypnosis there. And it blows their mind because like they're like, we had another, and I'll hypnotize them. And they'll say later, we had another hypnotist a couple of years ago who came in and we asked him to hypnotize us so if he could give us a demo. And he's like, oh, well, you, you need to sign this document and you need to come into my office and it's not ethical to do this and blah, blah, blah. No, it's because they're a, they're a pussy. And they were too scared to do hypnosis in case it fouled and it looked like a fucking fraud in front of people. That's why they that's why they didn't do it. And I find the best ways I can talk a bunch of shit or I can do it with someone. So when someone comes up to me and says, oh, you're a hypnotist. Tell me about hypnosis. I say, well, I could fucking bore you for the next hour and tell you a bunch of stuff you don't need to know. Or we could just do it. What would you prefer? I give you the experience of it or I just fucking bore you? Oh, you could do it right here, right now in front of all these people. Yes. And I'll go into it because to give someone the experience, you know, this versus just a bunch of vomiting fucking words at them. Giving someone that experience is so much more powerful to them than a fucking sales script. Yeah. No, that's totally, completely agree. It's just to to answer your question again, we all get up at the networking meeting. Everyone's giving their 30 second boring commercial. I'll get up and I'll do mine and it will just fucking go silent and I'll get a round of applause. 
And then people will come up to me after, like, oh, that was amazing. Uh, you need to come here more often. Because I see what they're doing. I don't want to be like them. I do what I do. And then people flock to me, like, oh, shit, you're different. I am different. It's good mm. to be different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, as long as you've got thick enough skin to bottle with the fuckwits that like to attack people who are different. But yeah, I have to be careful. I, I, you know, our, our good friend Bob Burns wants to scratch my car up or something. Um, Does he? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why? I, I, I don't know. I've never met the guy. Never said anything bad about this guy in my life. And then one day in a, a forum, um, I put a street hypnosis video up there, you know, and mm -hmm. he started negatively um, adding some comments underneath it. And I responded and I was respectful at first. And then he, he threatened to like key, key my car. And, and what I always found funny, you probably, I've never met the guy, but I know that I've confronted, some, I've not had the opportunity to meet Mr. Burns yet, but I'd like to. Um, but I, I, I like to meet people that I, I, I call internet like tough guys. And I've met a few of them last year that would talk shit online and I'd be at a seminar and they'd be in the room and I would see yeah. this person from a different country. And I'm like, oh, I remember last year they were talking shit about me. So I'd wait till the, I was with my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, oh, I remember that guy. He talked shit about me online. And she's like, don't say anything until after tomorrow lunchtime when the course is nearly done. So boy, you, you don't have no idea how tough it was to hold that in for fucking a day and a half, right? So it comes to the lunchtime the next day. I won't say the guy's name, but I go up to him. I'm like, do you know who I am? Oh, no, no. Oh, 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 really? Um, you, you were you were talking a lot of shit about me online last year. And we had a little conversation. I wondered if you'd want to say those things to my face right now. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 and then he apologized, wanted to buy me a drink and stuff. And um, yeah, usually uh, here's the thing with me. If I'm going to talk shit about you online, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be prepared to back it up. If I think you could kick my ass in the real world, I ain't going to take shit about shit about you online in case you find me in the real world. So don't talk. Here's the more of the story. Yeah. Don't talk shit about someone unless you're willing to have the conversation to them face to face. Yes. And my experience has been people were a lot nicer to my face. Mm. Sad lot. There's far too many people. I mean, I didn't bring his name up, but if you brought Bob Burns' name up, fuck it. I'll uh, briefly say for people who don't realise, if you go on my Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Alex the Hypnotist, then click on photo albums, photos, and then choose albums. You'll find one that says screenshots and evidence of Bob Burns' uh, illegal, defamatory comments about me. And they are just a tiny percentage of the screenshots I've got on file of Bob Burns posting outright fabricated lies and defamatory nonsense about me on the Internet in various places over the past few years, uh, including him blatantly saying that he never came to me for advice marketing, advertising, publicity advice on launching his The Swan DVD. And when I pointed out that, yes, he did, and I had all the evidence on file, he blatantly said, if you've got the evidence, publish it on the internet. And I've got the screenshot in that folder that he said that, so just to be clear, I've not broken any GDPR laws, no uh, data protection laws, I only bought evidence online when Bob Burns himself blatantly said I was allegedly lying and that he had never come to me for advice. 
All the evidence is there. He, oh, you can just have for yourself. He is the liar, fantasist, nut job. Um, yeah. Well, what is he got? He's got the swan, right? I, I'm developing the cobra because you know the cobra yeah. always eats the swan. Mm. Well, I think it's more of the naked, sooty puppy. The interesting thing about the swan is that he calls it the swan. He says there's no hypnosis. And I pointed out to him when he did consult me for marketing advice that Swan, he should put on the DVD cover, he should have done it, stands for subconscious wave analytical negation, because that fixation of attention is the bypass of the critical faculty analytical area. Um, and that's what Swan actually really should stand for. He chose not to, fair enough. Um but um, it's nothing new like anything else. If you get old books on the pendulum, they advise you to hold it like that. Now, if you take the pendulum away, boom, you've got the swan. Old books on the pendulum are training books on the swan. Here's another thing, right? And I got a lot of heat about this a couple of years ago before I went to uh, HypnoFort. Is that what Burns is probably going to have an embolism when he... Somebody will bring this to his attention. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Do you give a shit? No, if someone's going to. No, give because because nobody will ever say anything to my face. It's the bottom line. And I'd, I'd be oh, more than happy. Do. I have no doubts he'll say something to my face at Blackpool Magic Convention, which I know he's going to, um, where he's posted veiled threats online about how he's going to be at Blackpool for the three days, and how if I was to go and extend the hand of friendship to him and buy him a drink that he would accept, but he still thinks I'm a tit, to which I replied, well, guess what? I'm not going to buy a pint for someone who's defamed me on numerous occasions on the internet with fabricated offensive bullshit. And yet he's got the audacity to call himself a, a, an ethical therapist. <laughs> it's, um, it blows my mind, right? There's these these people in hypnosis, and I got a lot of heat from this couple years ago. I made a video which was basically nothing is original. That doesn't mean that a hypnotist, like a musician, doesn't get a bit of this, a bit of this, a bit of this. And like Bruce Lee would do through the martial arts system of JKD, Jet Kwondo, make his own system out of all of this. But they're all different moving parts. And these hypnotists, some of them understood it. Some of the some of the most famous hypnotists were like, they got it, they smiled, they accepted it. And some of these uh, ham and eggers, some of these people on the midline would be like, well, I invented this and, and I invented that. No, we didn't invent shit. None of us invented any of this hypnosis. It's just we're, we're taking from other people and, and maybe we had a little bit of seasoning here or a little bit of seasoning there. Um, but we not, none of us invented any of these techniques. If we look back, you know, it's just a combination of this thing along with this thing along with this thing. It's all the same shit. It's all visualization. It's all affirmation. It's all relaxation. It's all um, positive uh, vibes. It's all the same stuff, just in a different order. None of us are special snowflakes. Sometimes a different order. But the bizarre thing is, if you're well read enough, and I'm not trying to say that, you know, I read more than most, although I do read about four or five books a week, and I've done for about the past 35 years on this subject. And in particular, I read books from the 1700s, 1800s, stuff that's out of print, cost a fortune to get. They call it mesmerism, uh, suggestive therapeutics. Uh, some of it, they actually call it um, um, 
electricity uh, they refer to it as electricity magnetism it's fucking all weird different old names for what later becomes hypnosis and you look and there are actually some of these fangle dangle new bells and whistles courses you can go on with a fancy name and a logo and actually the exact process is there action for action practically word for word in books from the 1800s now is that synchronicity independent creation or are perhaps some of these trainers intelligent enough to know most people won't go and look at the old books so they can find it take something give it a new name repackage it and sell it and cause junkies keep buying stuff because uh, it's this this scarcity mindset right and the scarcity mindset this is what i think a lot of hypnotists go for is like oh this is my baby this is my ultimate destroy pain in one session technique right this is my baby and no one must use this it's funny when you do a course with someone who has a technique like that and you pay them to become a practitioner, then they get upset. That's the weird thing, you know, because you paid to become a practitioner. Um, but 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 people will be they think they're scarcely like, oh, oh, my God, if if someone else does this technique, there's only a certain amount of pie that can go out there. And uh, if they're going to fix all the broken people, then then what am I going to do? It's there's enough people out there that need to be healed. Doesn't matter how we do it. As long as we do our best job ethically to try and heal these people with our with the best ability and empower them to do it, none of us made up shit. None of us have the magic answer. None of us have the magical technique. We're all just doing our best job that we can to help people. So these fucking I've got a big ego, but I, I appreciate I didn't fucking invent anything. I could sell that I invented a whole bunch of stuff really really convincingly, mm -hmm. but I didn't, and I, I don't need to hang my hat on that because I'm good enough at what I do. But some of these hypnotists, their only thing is, oh, I invented this technique and this is my significance in the world. And if you're using it or something like it and you're not always crediting me and putting me over, then, um, you know, my, my ego is going to shrink and my dick size. I don't know. It's just it's yeah, ridiculous. It's completely sad, which is why I know one of the reasons I get slagged off is because I blatantly say, look, I, I, I blatantly say, I've invented fuck all except some names for long established techniques that also come with creative looking logos and a marketing strategy behind them to get clients through the door and part with money. But in terms of the actual techniques, if you can be bothered going finding them, they, a lot of them are in books from the 1800s, you know, and, and prior to that. But if you want the lazy option, then buy me course, because what you're really buying is logos names an advertising marketing plan which i would argue you know in terms of getting clients through the door is more important than your new, new fucking technique whatever it may be that's another thing that annoys me I, I meet a lot of hypnotists and i go up to them and one of the questions i'll ask is how do you get clients and most hypnotists will tell me the same thing oh it's, it's word of mouth now, I'm, I'm pretty fucking good at what I do, and I, I charge, charge a premium. I've been around a long time. I make a very good living at helping people, more than most hypnotists that I know that, that are not famous, should we say. Um, and I can't make a living off a referral. So I know they're either not making any money doing it or they're fucking lying because they're too scared. If, well, if I tell him about the direct marketing concept I'm using, maybe he will use it as well when I'll have less pie. And it's just dishonest. Like, I've had people that come up, Luke, what do you do to get clients? Oh, here's the 10 things. That I, I'll tell people. I'll tell them exactly what I do because I have no fear because I realize that most people are too fucking lazy 
to go out there and to do the things that I've done to get people. And even if they did, good. The world needs more good fucking change workers out there. So great, go out there and use there. Like, I put most of my stuff online for free. If most people were smart enough, they would just watch my videos and would never need to come and see me because all the work's already out there. But people need the ritual of being in a room with someone, of an induction, of, of me using their name. Yeah, and yeah there is a, there's an element of people needing that. And if energy exists, you know, being in that room and, and working with the subtleties of being with people. But nobody needs me. Nobody needs you. Nobody needs yeah. any of us. If they, if I could write a book, right, the, the, the best-selling personal development book of all time, that would be, be a book, and it would have, like, all these fucking pages, and in the middle, it would just say, have self-esteem. That's it. Mm. If your self-esteem was sufficiently high enough, none of us would be addicted to anything. None of us would be depressed, anxious, or over-medicate, because we'd know we were enough, and we are okay. And then the self-help fucking industry would just collapse because yeah. everyone being powered. I could not agree with that more. And anyone who goes to hypnosisweek.com and clicks on past episodes, you'll see there's a load of free training videos there as well. And what Luke has just summed up so nicely in a sentence, I expand on further talking about self-confidence, self-esteem, self-image and all that. But it's all about the way the person feels about themselves. And if they feel good enough about themselves, then they don't need something to fill a gap. Uh, as the metaphor goes, they don't need the smoke screen or to drown the, an issue or to literally escape it with drugs or, or, or whatever. So, yeah, one million percent. I'm with you there, dude. Um, so you make stuff up in terms of conventional stuff, law. I say conventional. What is conventional? But you know what I mean? In terms of what people classically perceive hypnotherapy to be because people watching this are probably hypnotherapists what's your sort of favorite go-to techniques honestly man here's the weird thing right I, i'm not married to any technique like if i find a, a psychologist that's using a great technique i'm not gonna poo poo them because they're a psychologist if they've got a good technique that i find guess what i'm using that shit to help people to heal themselves so i'll go through um you know, I'll go through stages for a lot of time. Back in the day, I'd use your uh, complete mind therapy uh, yeah. to, help, to help people when I, when I was getting first started off because it was it was just simple. It was almost a one size fits all and you could fit someone's issue into there and, and you know, do do a nice session with them. And I would figure I was really good. And then a year would go by, I'm like, ah, oh, I was shit. And I'd go on to something else. I'd be like, oh, now I'm a great hypnotist with this superpower. Another year or six months go by, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I used to think I was good then. Oh, I'm great now. Now I'm doing awesome. I got this technique. I'm so confident. Another year goes by. I'm like, ah, shit. I was delusional. I was helping a lot of people. But did I? So I, 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 I'm always evolving, man. I realize with my brain, I've always got to be doing different stuff. Because if I'm doing the same techniques over and over again, I, I get bored and, and people will feel it. I I've always got to shake them up a little bit and do even just something a little bit different or use this or use this in a different order. Because I get bored, and if I'm bored, this isn't good for people because they need me to be in the fucking moment, in the trenches with them, you know, power of now and all that shit. Um, but I, I, I have uh, auxiliary tools that I like to give my clients. Like I'll, I'll use tapping procedures like um, the six-step faster EFT that I'll, that I'll teach my clients for pretty much any kind of problem, really simple to do. The spinning technique, um, um, different... Um, 
uh, eye movement desensitization therapies. I mean, I started off doing the Elmen back 20 years ago. Didn't use the Elmen for the last 15 years. I've recently got back into it, and now I understand it on a completely different level. I'm like, why did I stop using this for 15 years? It does so much. So mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah, I'll do that. I'll be like, why did I stop using that? That was actually a solid piece of, of, of self-help material there. I should bring that back in. But all I know is, however good or great that I feel that I am now, a year from now, I look back thinking, ah, shit, I thought I was great then. I was helping a lot of people, but nah, now I'm great. Because it just always changes, man. I won't be doing the same stuff six months from now. That's that's all I know for sure. Okay, so what, what do you see? What, what, what sort of plans you got for the future? What's the dream, as it were? The dream. Um, well, I'm going to get to meet Russell Brand in a, in a couple of months. So I want to get him on my podcast, uh, Unstuck with Hypnopump Transformation with Edge. Uh, I like Russell Brand. He's kind of an interesting character. Um, I, I have an idea where um, I want to do shows. I'll go a lot to these conferences and people are, oh, you're in stage hypnosis. I'm like, no. They're like, what? I'm like, no, I do change work with people or you might call it therapy. Like, you need to be on stage. I'm like, I know, but I didn't just want to do a dog and pony hypnosis show like most other hypnotists will do because it's already been done to death mm. uh, and i love magic right i love magic but i don't have um you know a, a five million dollar budget like chris angel or david david uh, copperfield right so i'm like i want to do like a fusion of um of magic and hypnosis together mentalism but lot on the big stage where there's a, a certain amount of edginess to it where people are like, some something weird and bad could happen, not to anyone else, but to this guy. But I need to keep watching because this is fucking captivating. And as they're being entertained, then I can go back before them with some beautiful suggestions to be better people and to be happy out there why they think they're being entertained consciously. Cool. Cool. So cool. pushing the boundaries yet again. Yeah. Well, so look, oh, bugger, I just looked at the time, we're getting close to the sort of, the hours, the rough, we do overrun generally a little bit. Um, I don't know, I, I'm going to ask you, I ask everyone the same question to finish Give with. Give it to me. Uh, and obviously pretty much everyone answers differently. Sometimes there's some similarities, but I'm going to love to hear what your answer is to this, because I love the fact that this is going to be direct to the point. Somebody knocks on your door. It's hypothetical, this. And we'll just tell, it doesn't really matter what the book is, but I, I, I'm saying it's the Dave Allman green or blue covered book, depending on which edition you've got. That's all they've read this out. Just read this. Not read anything else yet. Not watched any DVDs. Not been on any live courses. No, fuck all. No, no preconceived ideas, but they've just read that and they've decided, you know what? I think I want to become a hypnotherapist. I think I want to expand on what I've the seed that's been planted by this book um, and they want to be good at it in terms of technically being good at it, but they also want to be good at it in terms of turning it into a business. But you can only give them three top tips. What would go instinct your three top tips be to them to set them on the so, right? So this path? is not only to be better at their craft, but to make money from doing yeah. it as well. Mm. Um, okay. 
I'd, um, I, I tell them to start hypnotizing people straight away. Now, disclaimer, I'm not saying they should be hypnotizing a soldier with post-traumatic fucking stress disorder when they've just read a book, but they should give people the experience of, of hypnosis just for shits and giggles immediately. Friends, colleagues, people at fates, people at fairs, hell, people at City Hall. Start getting into actually having some balls and hypnotizing people who put their hand up and say, yeah, I'd like to experience some hypnosis and be prepared to fail. You're going to fail and you can turn every failure around. You know, you know, we know that. But be prepared that some people, and when I find that, that when people fail in hypnosis, most of the time it's not that the hypnotist failed, it's that the, the client just didn't follow the instructions. They didn't understand what their role was to play in this dynamic. Yeah. You know, I remember having a client where I'd be like, all right, go, go ahead and close your eyes. And they're staring at me. And I'm thinking, is it my accent or, or what? So I say, right, again, go ahead and close your eyes. Give the nonverbal. Their eyes are still open. That's all right. Sleep. Give me all of your money and your credit card number. Thank you. Feel good while you do it. And then I would look at them. I'd be like, is there a reason you're not closing your eyes? And they'd look at me, but I thought you were going to make me close my eyes. So I stick my fingers in their eyes and they close their eyes. Some people are just fucking dense. Um, but go out there. And start doing fun, ex experiential hypnosis with people immediately, number one. Um, number two, um, get a website, get fucking something out there, get a footprint on the internet that says, I'm a hypnotist, with a picture um, of you, maybe a video on that. Uh, and number three, get off these fucking Facebook forums and groups where people are bitching and complaining, having a pissing contest, who has the biggest dick. And the, just get off those things, just negative bullshit. Those those would be the three things I think I'd give people. Excellent. The only thing I'd add to that is if you get, I encourage get out there and act, the only way you get good at something is by actually doing it. But just as a disclaimer, if there are laws, well, check if there's any relevant laws in your country. And if there are, make sure you abide by them. And uh, obviously, ensure the safety of your volunteers at all times. So don't stand them on the edge of a pavement where they could fall into the road type thing. If you can see some bloody people doing on YouTube videos. Why they ever thought it was a good idea to upload those YouTube videos where people are stood on the edge and nearly get killed. God only knows. But hey, oh, yeah. that's an entirely different story. Excellent. Is there anything? Well, obviously tell people how they can find you, although pretty much it is a case of going to lukenosis.com and the link will be below the video, or typing in Luke's name into YouTube, into Google, you'll find it. It just pops up. Um, and, and, and most of the stories on Google are true. Most of them. Hey. Most of them. Don't believe everything you read. If it's good, it was probably true. If it was bad, it probably wasn't true, and it was probably people that made it up. Um, yeah, but you can go on YouTube. I've got over a thousand videos, all from my TED talks to live performances to street hypnosis um, to talks that I've given to different groups um, to actually uh, change. I keep wanting to say therapy, but I don't like the word therapy. Some mm. personal change sessions that I've done with real people. Uh, I'm all over Facebook. Again, just put Luke Gnosis. Luke, like me, then Gnosis, like the end of hypnosis, N-O-S-I-S. -S. Instagram, Luke Gnosis. Twitter, Luke Gnosis. Uh, and my uh, web, my um, podcast is called Unstuck with Hypnopunk. That's my name on the street. Uh, Transformation with Edge. So it's like a 30 minutes where it's generally me. I don't have guests where I'll take a subject and I call it personal development with balls. Personal development with all the fluffy stuff taken off of it. It's just direct. It's in your face uh, with all the nonsense, all the fat taken out of it. Unstuck with Hypnopunk, Transformation. Uh, transformation with edge however you listen to your favorite podcasts 
Excellent. So check it out. I mean, bloody hell, resources galore there for free, for Christ's sake. You have no excuse for not expanding your mind, expanding your horizons, uh, unless you are easily offended by the kind of language that's been used in the past hour. And if you are, then, well, fuck you. And, yeah, um, and like I say, send your send your hate emails to mal at lukenosis.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, indeed. Excellent. Thank you so much, Luke. It's been an absolute pleasure. It is Thank a refreshing buddy. change to speak to somebody who um, is definitely equally as, but arguably potentially more outspoken than myself. Um, it'll distract away slightly for a while. This will have a warning above it when I put it out live. Warning, strong language used. Now, that's one last quick story. A few years ago, I was talking at a Canadian hypnosis conference. It was my second year. And I noticed above my name, it said disclaimer. So I went up to the lady who organized it, Joanne Eden. I said, why does it say disclaimer above my talk? Because Luke, I love you. A lot of people love you. Um, but some people are a bit scared of you and you use some colourful language. So we have to use the word disclaimer above your name. It made me feel good about myself. So disclaimer away. Excellent. Hey, you know, personally, I couldn't give a fuck. I, I do the same thing myself uh, with my seminars. That's why, you know, it really upsets some people. I just get it. I get it. You're speaking the truth. And the people watching and fucking argue, they know deep down that what you're saying right as well. The trouble is, they can't be seen to agree because it, it would attack their own sense of identity of, uh, you know, they're the one who's always right. And that's the, but the trouble, it comes back to what you said before about their self-esteem, their lack of self-worth and whatnot. Very insightful. Get your pad, get your pen, watch this again from the beginning, take notes, visit those resources, and we'll see you next week for another edition of Hypnosis Week. Thanks again, Luke. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. Star.